0: This is Julie D. from NordoniaHills.News. The Cleveland Sports Show starts now.
1: Hello, everyone. Happy Saturday. Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Sports Show. This week with me, Dariah Sethna. We have so much to discuss with you today. We have MLS soccer. The Cavs season is officially, um, the schedule is officially out for all of us to see, of course, Major updates with the Browns and the Indians doing rather well these last few games. But let's get you started off with your sports fact of the day. And today is August 17th, and on this date, way back in 1894, Louisville Cardinals pitcher Jack Wadsworth sets a still-standing Major League record for most hits allowed in a game with 36 during a 29-4 to loss to the Philadelphia Phillies in a National League contest at the University of Pennsylvania Athletic Field in Philadelphia. The Phillies are playing at 10 because Baker Bowl, the club's home ballpark, burned to the ground on August 6th. Wadsworth will finish his big league career the following year with a 6-36 record and a 6.85 ERA. I don't know about you, but I love these sports facts, ladies and gentlemen, because we just got a sports fact. All the way from 1894. It just shows you the variety of facts that we have for you on the Cleveland Sports Show. And this definitely um, one of the top-tier facts we've had these last few weeks. Let's get into some MLS soccer for you here real quick. The Eastern Conference standings still look very similar. Philly still in first place with 45 points. Three points behind them, the defending champs, Atlanta United... 13 wins, 3 draws, and 9 losses on the season so far for 42 points. DC United, 3 points behind Atlanta, 10 wins, 9 draws, and 7 losses for DC United, 39 points total. The two New York teams uh, are the respective 4th and 5th places in the Eastern Conference. NYCFC does have a 1 point margin over their um, cross city rivals, the NY Red Bulls. NYCFC with 38 points. Thanks to 10 wins, 8 draws, and 5 losses, the Red Bulls 11 wins, 4 draws, and 10 losses for a total of 37 points. And in the Western Conference, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's obvious LAFC is going to be the first team in the MLS to get 60 points. I'm betting on that. If I'm a betting man, and if you're a betting individual, I would definitely bet on LAFC being the first team in the uh, MLS to reach 60 points because they are the only team in the MLS who have at least 50 points. They have 55 points more specifically on the season, 17 wins, 4 draws, only 3 losses. Minnesota United comes in a very, very far second place. They have 41 points, 12 wins, 5 draws, and 8 losses. A point behind them are the LA Galaxy 13 wins, 1 draw, 11 losses. In fact, LA Galaxy are the only team um, in the entire MLS who have only 1 draw. Real Salt Lake from Salt Lake City, Utah, of course. In 25 matches played, they have 12 wins, 4 draws, and 9 losses for 40 points um, as well. Seattle and San Jose take the 5th and 6th seeds in the MLS Western Conference. And our top goal scorers for the MLS so far this year Carlos Vela will most likely win the Golden Boot this year for MLS soccer. 23 goals for his respective LAFC team. Josef Martinez of the defending champs, Atlanta United, still in second place with with 20 goals. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, the former European star, with 18 goals on the season. Diego Rossi of LAFC and Wayne Rooney um, complete that top five scoring for your MLS this year. And our Ohio teams have been doing well as of late. Um, last Saturday, in fact, August 10th, we did mention in the Cleveland Sports Show in our last episode, the Ohio rivalry in the MLS is finally here. And it was in Mapfre Stadium last Saturday, where the Columbus crew faced off against FC Cincinnati. It was FC Cincinnati um, at Macfrey Stadium in Columbus who actually um got out to a one nothing lead against the Crew thanks to a 16th minute goal from Darren Matt- Maddox however in the 23rd minute FC Cincinnati scored again uh making a 2 to nothing uh margin for the Crew to deal with however in the 45th minute Yassi Zardes Uh, Converted a penalty kick to pull the crew within one. And then in the 62nd minute, Pedro Santos with the tying goal. And that is how our final score would stand. A 2-2 draw at Mapfre Stadium. The upcoming schedule for the Columbus crew include a date today at Mapfre Stadium with Toronto FC at 7.30 Eastern Time. The crew will then have a two-game road trip. They'll head out to... um, New York to face NYCFC this upcoming Wednesday and then Sunday the 25th they'll be in Cincinnati to take on their Ohio rival FC Cincinnati. And for FC Cincinnati we did mention that 2-2 draw against the crew. Their upcoming schedule includes a game today at home in Cincinnati against NYCFC at 730 Eastern Time. They'll then um, head out to They'll then host the crew, as we mentioned, on Sunday, the 25th, um, in Cincinnati as well, before they head out to Dallas, Texas to face FC Dallas. The standings for these uh, Ohio teams include uh, Columbus, um, who have 26 points, 7 wins, 5 draws, but 14 losses on the season. In 12th place, in last place, more specifically, is FC Cincinnati the only team in the MLS not to reach 20 points on the season so far, only 18 points for FC Cincinnati, 5 wins, 3 draws, and 17 losses on the season. Columbus and Cincinnati are the two worst teams in the MLS Eastern Conference. Now let's move on to some NBA basketball, some quick updates for you real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, if you forgot about who Tyron Lue was, the Head coach for the former head coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers, he has now officially accepted a head coaching position with the Los Angeles Clippers. What a move made by these Clippers, and what a summer if it's been. If you're just a Los Angeles fan in general, of course, all the buzz with the Lakers and Anthony Davis. Now the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Don't forget about Lou Williams, the sixth man. They still have Montrezl Harrell. Montrez Harrell, excuse me. Patrick Beverly, the bulldog point guard; Ivica Zubac's quality; Landry Samet, Landry Shamet, excuse me, from Philadelphia; Maurice Harkless has now added his talents uh, from Portland and will now um, play with the Clippers. So, if I'm Ty- Tyronn Liu, not only do I have a great team in front of me, I also have at the helm of all of this greatness a, one of the best coaches in the entire league, in Doc Rivers. It's going to be a terrific rivalry in Los Angeles, and I cannot wait to see the Clippers and the Lakers face off. And we're only about two months away from all of that happening because the NBA has officially released all of the schedules for all 30 of the teams. The season will begin one week later um, than uh, than, la- than the last two years. The first day of the NBA regular season is Tuesday, October 22nd, so mark your calendars because you will not want to miss this. Zion Williamson and his New Orleans Pelicans with Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, they'll be in Toronto to face the defending champion Raptors. It'll be the ring night and banner ceremony at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto for the defending champ Raptors. You can catch that game at 8 o'clock on TNT, and then... The following game is the TNT doubleheader, where we have the LA rivalry. The Los Angeles Clippers and Lakers will face off in the Staples Center uh, in Los Angeles. It will technically be a Clippers home game, but you can imagine there will definitely be some Laker fans in the building. That game will be at 10.30 Eastern Time on TNT. And of course, we're in Cleveland, and the Cavs, of course, have their schedule out as well. Their season begins the following day, October 23rd. They'll be in Orlando at the Amway Center to face off against the Magic, who had a terrific season last year, going um, as the seventh seed into the playoffs, but losing to the eventual champs, the Raptors. The Cavs will then begin their homestand at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. No, it's not Quicken Loans Arena anymore, unfortunately. But it will be at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse where they will open up um, their home games against the Indiana Pacers. Again, Victor Oladipo, Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner. Definitely going to be a tough game for the Cavs. All those guys will be at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse to take on the Cavs. I don't know about you, but I'm really excited to see um, the new innovations that the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse has for us. As we know, um, when the stadium was known as Quicken Loans Arena, it was under all that construction. I'm really excited to see what this final product will look like but that uh that is the NBA updates I have for you guys this week. Of course, once October 22nd comes closer, we will have so much more to discuss. But let's get into the WNBA for a few minutes here. The Washington Mystics, the defending Eastern Conference champions from last year, now in first place. They've won 4 in a row, 9 and 3 at home, 10 and 4 on the road, 9 and 1 in their last 10. 19 and 7 on the season. The Connecticut Sun at 18 and 8 this season so far. They've won two in a row. Six and seven on the road, but dominant at home at 12 and one. They have the least number of home losses in the Eastern Conference of the WNBA. The Sky, Fever, Liberty, and Dream follow um, in that order. Follow the final standings for the Eastern Conference and in the West. The Aces, seventeen and nine. They're seven and three in their last ten. Eleven and four at home, six and five on the road. The Los Angeles Sparks are fifteen and ten and are nine and two at home, six and eight on the road, seven and three in their last ten. But the defending champs, the Seattle Storm, have really struggled this season. They're fourteen and thirteen. They're only a game above five hundred. They're three and a half games behind first place in the western conference they're 5 and 9 on the road and even though they're 9 and 4 at home a lot of eyebrows are being raised with at this uh Seattle team right now how are they going to possibly defend their crown with these types of numbers but the Minnesota Lynx are at 500 basketball right now at 13 and 13 four and six in their last 10 the Phoenix Mercury are at 12 and 13 with the Wings coming in at last place at 9-17, and 17, even though they have won three in a row. Upcoming games in the WNBA, we don't have any for you today, unfortunately, but tomorrow we have a slate of games for you. The Wings will be taking on the Sun tomorrow at 3 Eastern. Fever and the Mystics um, will also tip off at that same time. The Aces and the Sky will face off against each other tomorrow at 6 and at that same time, the Liberty and Mercury will also tip off. While tomorrow, the Minnesota Lynx will be taking on the defending champs, Seattle Storm. Our top scorers in the WNBA include Brittany Greiner, who's averaging about 19 points per game. Natasha Howard with those same numbers as well. In 27 games, averaging about 32 minutes and shooting about 45% from the field. Elena Deladon of the Mystics also having Another terrific season, averaging about 19 points in 23 games, averaging about 29 minutes per, uh, per game, with about 7 field goals made. A
0: very entertaining game as the Yankees win this one 3-2. Tanaka did his thing, the bullpen for the Yankees outstanding. Canely, Britton, and finally are all this Chapman. Yeah, I agree with you, Flash, and he blew this one by him after a couple sliders, but a well-played game, good defense, big-name pitchers, good baseball, two of the better teams in the
1: American League. And that's right, the Cleveland Indians unfortunately losing last night to the New York Yankees. Eventually losing the game 3-2, to the Indians were down 2 to nothing after the first inning. They were able to score a run in the second inning, mar- um, narrowing that deficit. However, in the fifth inning, the Yankees snatched another run. Um, in the seventh, it was all little too all little um, all too late as the Indians did score a run in the seventh inning, but came up short in the end, losing the game to uh, by a final score of three games to two. The Indians are 73 and 50 um, overall. Yankees 82 and 42 looking very dominant but I will tell you this they did not look dominant this past Thursday as the Indians smoked the Yankees 19 to 5 the final score the Indians scored 7 runs alone in the first inning and were up 7 to 1 after that first inning they then snatched two more runs in the second and fourth inning and then five more runs in the eighth inning just Poured it on, did not stop. 19 and 5, the final score. But last night, the Indians had a rookie, Aaron Sivale, who played for them um, his first game at Yankee Stadium. And here's what Indians head coach, Terry Francona, had to say of how Sivale performed last night at Yankee Stadium. I
0: Was his composure. He stayed out there, and you know that that's a good flyer from top to bottom. Um, he kept us in the game all the way till we took him out. I mean, he gave us a chance, you know, and that's that's a lot to ask. First kid, first time in Yankee Stadium. I thought he did a
1: good job. And definitely a even with that loss last night, definitely a great place in the Indians. Uh, camp right now as they actually face off against the Yankees today in about an hour and a half at Yankee Stadium the third of the four game series against the Yankees at 105 today they then face the Yankees tomorrow at the exact same time so if you miss tomorrow's game or if you miss today's game excuse me you'll have the same game tomorrow it'll be the fourth and final game between the Indians and the Yankees in this four game series but even though the Indians will be done facing the New York Yankees, they'll stay in New York to take on the red-hot Mets who've been, uh, who've been winning these last few weeks. They'll face off against the Mets the first game Tuesday, August 20th at 7:10. That'll be the first of a three-game series in New York for the Indians against the Mets. After that series against the Mets, the Indians will then return home to Progressive Field For a three-game series against the Kansas City Royals. And of course, last but certainly not least, if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, a lot going on. The Browns were in Indianapolis this past week and actually had a joint practice with the Indianapolis Colts. Let's see what Browns analyst Nathan Zagura had to say on how the Browns performed in Indianapolis with the Colts in this joint practice.
0: The Browns and the Colts concluded their two days of joint practices here just outside of Indianapolis. And I got to tell you, I think this was a huge win for the Cleveland Browns. After a day one that would probably be termed lackluster, a day where the Browns came in used to their brand of football, their brand of physicality, met a Colts team that frankly had not practiced at the level Freddie Kitchens had demanded of his team. And I thought it kind of maybe brought everybody down. Head coach Freddie Kitchens challenged his team. He said, we need to go out there and play Browns football. We don't need anybody else to set the tempo. We don't need anybody else to set the pace, to set the physicality. We set it. And the Browns came out, and they answered that call. Today's practice was awful chippy. There was fracas after fracas after fracas. But what you saw was a Browns team that constantly rushed to each other's defense, a team that is coming together, and I think a team that was dominant on the football field.
1: That's right. The Cleveland Browns concluding a two-game uh, joint or two joint practices with the Indianapolis Colts. I actually have a friend who's heading out to Indianapolis today. Shout out to my good friend Aaron Monroe. He'll be at Lucas Oil Stadium to watch the Browns taking on the Colts. You can catch that game today on NFL Network at 4 p.m. is when the game will begin, and after this game in Indianapolis, the Browns will be in Tampa Bay for next Friday, August 23rd. They'll be facing off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before returning home on Thursday, August 29th, to take on the Detroit Lions. So definitely a lot more news um, with the Browns now that the season is officially almost underway. Definitely looking forward to what Cleveland will have for us this year, especially after that dominant performance um, this uh, on Thursday the 8th against the Redskins where they hammered Washington 30-10, to the final score of that game. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we are already done. It felt like a quick episode today, so much to discuss. Before I let you guys go, I do want to give you a few updates. In, uh, very shortly, I will be posting um, my most recent interview with my internship uh, with Ray Horner at the WAKR radio station. We talked about uh, an, an analysis on the Cavs, and actually, Mr. Horner has now trusted me to become one of the analysts, if uh, not the main analyst, for the Cavs um, at WAKR. So we, I might be posting on Twitter once the Cavs season starts, on every Friday morning before I head off to school, Ray Horner will call me on his morning show and I will be discussing just a weekly analysis on the Cavs and what they've been doing and and what uh, is to look forward and what would they will be looking ahead. So I will definitely get, keep you guys updated with that. That probably won't start till October, late October, since that's when the Cavs season officially begins, but I will be posting my most recent interviews with him on Twitter on SoundCloud, and on Spotify, so don't uh, miss out on those when you're uh, listening to this episode or any other previous episodes of the Cleveland Sports Show. As I mentioned, I am on Twitter, at Nordonia Sports, D-A-R-A-Y-U-S-S-E-T-H-N-A is how you spell my name. You can just look me up there. But until our next episode, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on this lovely Saturday, and have a terrific week. We'll see you for our next edition of Cleveland Sports Show.